and welcome back to another episode of the Bayside Boys. We are your hosts, Nicholas. Me, Nick. Just a little bit to talk about. We're going to try to keep this a shorter episode. On more national news, there was a proposition by the UN to have a global ceasefire uh, in an effort to try and put more focus towards the coronavirus pandemic, which was blocked by the White House. As we about ceasefires. I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it either way really uh, or how much or you know how much that uh, that affects me <laughs> but that was something that came across the news feed I thought was kind of interesting I think that was just today or yesterday actually and of course people are up in arms about it because they need to be up in arms about something you know they need something to be up in arms about and if they aren't then they're disappointed or something we're not fighting about something less boring <laughs> Yeah. War makes. I mean, what are the warlords going to do? They can't have a ceasefire. That's bad business. Yeah, all the oil companies and the PMCs and weapons manufacturers—they're having a a rough time. They don't want to stop. In Venezuela or whatever's going. That is such a. The failed. I I don't know what to say. It. It honestly smells a little too weird. I don't know much about that, except that a CNN article, I believe, claimed that the guy who the 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 one guy who got caught said that he was ordered to ordered to by the White House. But yeah. I didn't read the article, so, it's, so I don't know how true that is. Silvercore is PMC company and ex uh, special forces dude. Um, supposedly he was solid dude, smart, whatever. But um, this whole thing is kind of just a crapshoot. And the dudes that were like over there were carrying all sorts of meditation. She was tweeting about it. All the pictures look weird. Like I've seen some of the pictures and like I could swear one of them looked like an airsoft rifle in it. Like just something's off. It almost smells like a setup. Well, what's yeah. funny is that this would usually be such massive news, but I don't think many people know, much less care about it with everything else that's yeah. going on. I'm just saying there's something weird going on. This is not it's not typical PMC stuff. Yeah. This is that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I'll probably be keeping a closer eye on that. More locally, um Elon Musk is clashing with Alameda County over a public health order uh, prohibiting them from reopening business which Elon Musk claims goes against the governor's plans to reopen California, goes against common sense, and... Since when did Elon Musk have the governor's best in mind? Uh, when it became his best. Been kind of against the whole quarantine thing from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then uh, Elon Musk is still going on his rant about how all this is trampling on constitutional freedoms. So if you're on Twitter, uh, that's probably a fun thing to watch. Otherwise, it just fiddles with Tesla stock. We know that, you know, this whole shelter in place has hit everyone and it's kind of wreaked havoc on this podcast as far as face meetings and just yeah. consistency. So. And and, the, and those were, those were kind of the bread and butter of the podcast to begin with was, you know, three blokes sitting around a table. Yeah. Messing, just, you know, just messing around and, and having that, you know, it's, it's doable over zoom meeting, but it's certainly not preferable. No way. Well, so you lose a big a big piece of it. When you have the face-to-face contact, you can read the person that's with you. And the conversation is so much more natural. It flows better. And you get into some different topics that are really You jump hard. from topic to topic a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, again, you're able, you're able to read the area. There's a bit more actual chemistry involved, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's, as, opposed, it's, as opposed to what? Like this, <laughs> we're talking over each other, but the whole, like, we have to get everyone on the same page before we can transition. Yeah, it's, I, I didn't expect it to be such a huge issue, but I mean, it shows. Uh, editing is more difficult because you're dealing with multiple audio streams and, you know, sometimes the audio is patchy on either end and you have to work with that. Uh, some, you know, stuff yep. will get out late and you have to deal with the repercussions of that. And then, and then, sorry. Sorry. That's, that's the whole thing. Like, and then just you know, one person starts, stops, there's a gap. The next person starts, gets a thought off. And then that's not even to mention the gap between like the gap in, in bandwidth. Cause it, you, know, you can, I can tell when I'm editing, it'll take what I said, maybe an extra half second or second to reach you guys. And so your response comes late. Yep. And that can sometimes throw off the timing. So it's a I struggle. Mean, be, it, it is a struggle, but it's, it's a learning experience also. Yeah. yeah. We're learning different technologies and learning how to edit like you said with those multiple audio sources and it's going to make it a whole lot stronger when we can get back together and do these live yeah yeah which we're trying to get back to as quickly as possible yeah and this is also kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity like if this is being is hopefully this will never happen again like hopefully we won't have to deal with zoom and zoom everything zoom everything right like hopefully this will be over that would be nice because <laughs> yeah, it uh, nice. it's, it's um, well, I mean, I talked to Niki about this a little bit, like going over the audio and realizing that it's just not as good as it is or as it can be. It really sucks because we want to bring you guys quality content, right? Because we want you guys to stick around and listen and have a good time after the work we put into it. And uh, it always feels subpar in one way or another. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's kind of exciting, though, because we know that, like, once we're not on Zoom, we can deliver such a better product. Yeah. Um, and just the the ability to enjoy it and the quality will be up there. And the whole thing is, like, you know, you're working on a project or you're driving somewhere and you want to listen to an interesting conversation. You don't want to hear some laggy half sentence back and forth while you fumble around on technology, like, the brush apes that we are. <laughs> yeah, this is not the brush. I mean, the cool thing is, like Nethi said, that this is going to pass eventually. I just don't want to have to make the mugs or shirts that say I survived the great coronavitis or something like that. <laughs> hey, there's a way we can monetize this. Like, it's going to be in the history books. It's yeah. Cool. It's, it's the yeah, Spanish sure. flu 2.0. Yeah, yeah, 1920, 2020. Apparently, sometimes history history repeats itself, whether or not we learn from it. Yeah. Well, this is kind of a national topic, and I'm hopping back. It's okay. I remember seeing something of some politician that was saying that China should get billed for the havoc that they wreaked. <laughs> <laughs> See, honestly, they downed it so much. Yeah. But so there's two, there's, I mean, there's a lot of problems with that, but the ones that come up to mind are, uh, we tried doing that with Germany more or less and it ended pretty terribly. Started mm -hmm. a second world war for the most part. You know, secondly, you have the issue of, well, how do you exactly prove that China downplayed it? And how do you prove that they did it to an exact extent that's billable essentially? Yeah. You kind of well, have to be like able to say, we know, we know for a fact they downplayed you know, 85% of the cases totaling uh, 35 million people. Because, like, you know, there are all the doctors and stuff that were acting 
saying how bad it was and the government was getting all pissy about it. Yeah, and, and they'll try to they, quiet that because if they don't, it gets out. So, I don't know, this whole, it feels like this whole thing blew up. Like, December, it was like, yeah, whatever, they've got a little problem. January is like, fine. February, well, maybe there's something. Yeah, February, February was when it was like, this is this is getting a little bit ridiculous and then you know march april may just gets kind of progressively worse yeah and now we're all a bunch of larvae in a stagnant pond i don't know weird analogy that i saw is like how the news uh really affects the situation because like a lot of the news companies the media is based in new york so that's kind of put a very drastic negative spin on stuff because new york has it so bad so you know like if this was in the midwest it wouldn't get half as much coverage and because it's so yeah. bad in new york that's kind of the tone the tone for the rest of the country yeah, I was doing a school yeah. assignment today. it was not realistic of the entire country well not to mention the fact that the media already fear mongers for a living so it's compounded on top of their location yeah your school assignment now? yeah i was doing a school assignment and we have to go through a bunch of different cartoons and do like a little, um, just analyze them, right? It's super simple, kind of like busy work. And I'm doing it, I'm like, this is depressing. Like, they're either picking on one person or another, and it's just kind of like sick of this. Like, I don't read the news a lot, I'm not really in that kind of stuff. I'm like, ah, it's not the assignment whatsoever. It's like, I'll do the work, but it's just miserable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of like how you feel. It's just miserable because they're in the news and there's nothing really worth watching and whatever you watch is going to be just depressing. Yeah, I, I, I don't like to focus on the news too much. Every once in a while, an article that I might actually care about comes across. But most of my exposure to major world events is through memes and I like it that way. Yeah, I like to live under a rock. <laughs> Despite my best efforts. Yeah, you're pretty much live under a rock too, Nico. Like, you try to get out, a rock is hard on top of you. <laughs> no, I I go back and forth between between the rock and uh, the outside world, kind of based on how I'm Yeah, feeling. I think it's because you're t- tied to us. Being that you're mm-hmm. tied to us, I think the, it's more issues with the rock. The rock is my safe space. Yeah. Oh, no. Starting safety pins? We've, we've taped into the rock <laughs> just to you know keep anything from happening yeah that totally you. yeah dude it's got that good juju dude that's gnarly <laughs> i'm more of a bad juju kind of person i feel like i bring bad juju to a lot of things yeah oh, oh dude that's rad that's that's deep i you might know, need an extra you know serving we of quinoa uh, we haven't plugged any coffee recently well after. because i haven't been drinking a lot of coffee <laughs> I drink it. I drink it occasionally in the morning, but again, I wake. I wake up around noon. Back to our original episode, we have a new scientist in the house experimenting with brew styles. Yeah, salt especially. Oh, <laughs> how about you fill us in on that? how do you report on that topic? Yeah. So uh, soon after the podcast started, uh, when I realized that you guys knew more about coffee than I did, I stumbled across a YouTube channel. Uh, by the name James Hoffman, who is an eclectic British chap who talks about everything related to coffee. He was basically a professional barista for a while and kind of talks about the science behind Hmm. certain brewing methods and and the importance of ratios and using mass instead of volume and all that stuff. The problem is 
properly getting into coffee is expensive and it racks up quick because you start to deal with, you know, more pressure grinds. Then you'll go into beans. You might want to roast them yourself. So you have to get some sort of roaster, eventually maybe some sort of grinder. Then you have to experiment with different brewing styles. Do you want, um, a pour over. There's a very specific name for it. The the hourglass shaped cone that you use for pour over has a very specific brand name that I can't remember. Yes, it's a Chem something. Chemex. There you go. Yeah. So the Chemex is you know not the cheapest thing in the world. The Aeropress is not the cheapest thing in the world. A good okay. French press yeah, but, is not the Nico, cheapest the, thing in the world. The Chemex I want to say is like thirty bucks on Amazon. Probably. I haven't actually looked into it. Um, <laughs> it's not bad. So I, I've kind of just been continuing to use uh, a, just a really old regular coffee maker, which I guess technically counts uh, as an immersion brewer because I don't think there's a lot of pressure involved. It's basically a pour over. Dude, that's deep. It, it basically is a pour over. It's yeah. A very slow. So that would be an immersion brew, which would usually, usually you'd want to use coarser grounds for that because then the water can travel yep. through easier and you've got a bit more, I think the idea was more or more or less surface area or resistance or something like that. But all I've got is very finely ground espresso and no espresso machine to use it in. So I end up with this kind of gross caked mud in the reusable filter of the coffee <laughs> machine. It smells yeah, but right. Helps, right? Hmm? But putting the helps keep it from caking? Is that what the plan was? Um, a coarser grind will keep it from caking as much because I mean, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like sand, really fine sand will compact a lot more when it gets wet and then it'll be, you know, cakey, muddy. If the sand is coarser or closer to something like gravel, um, it won't change as much. Sense. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to decide how I branch out now, but there's a lot of things to spend money on. For sure. More specifically, what's coming up soon is going to be upgraded audio equipment for this podcast. Yes, uh, which won't be which won't be cheap. Won't be for a while, but we're we're getting there. We're I believe two, maybe three weeks away, depending on how the timing works out. Um, back to spending money on the coffee thing. I did see one thing that's kind of interesting. You know, like Starbucks has the nitro cold brew. Yeah. So it's a mini nitro keg that allows you to do your own nitro coffee because like the nitrogen pressurization kind of makes it like creamier different. Yeah. Uh, I've not, I don't think I've had nitro cold. No, that's a lie. I've had canned nitro cold brew. Ah, that's just terrible. Um, but I remember looking into the actual nitro cold brew and finding it interesting because it's, it's not, te- I mean, it is technically carbonated coffee only in the sense that they're injecting air bubbles into it. Very carbonation. But it's nitrogen air, so it's guys, really, really tiny, dense bubbles. Look, you guys like your nitro cold brew? I still like my monster uh, mocha coffee. Oh, like, gosh. Those things trump everything. Diabetes in a can. Nah, Java Monsters. <laughs> I had one. Uh, I can see the appeal in some cases, but I wouldn't want to crack one open at the breakfast table. No, but you have one of those on an empty stomach. You're kind of <laughs> oh. like a, you're kind of like a baking soda and vinegar rocket for the rest of the day. Yeah, or um, what was that? There was that Finnish soldier. I think I told you guys this story. This Finnish sniper 
during World War II. Oh, that II, took all the amphetamines? Yep, took all the amphetamines yes. that his squad had because the rest of them died and uh, went and killed just an absolute well, crap got, ton of Russians on skis. Hmm? Yeah. He, he skied like a hundred and some kilometers in a day, got wounded, took a nap in a trench for like 20 hours, got up, killed a bunch of Russians, skied another crazy amount. When he got to the hospital, he weighed something like 90 pounds. <laughs> Abdo. Wow. Nuts. Yeah. I, I imagine that's what it would be like uh, with two cans of Java mocha on an empty stomach. <laughs> He's up in the ante. Yeah. Yeah. Like real Yeah. Coffee coffee is fun. The Specifically, the salt and coffee thing was something I thought was a bit fascinating. Basically, the idea is that if you have an instant coffee that tastes terrible, I think the example used was Nescafe, adding like the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest pinch of salt. I don't remember the mass, the, like the exact number um, with regards to its weight. But adding a little tiny bit can get rid of some of the bitterness and just, you know, general terrible taste. But as I found out, it doesn't make much of a difference in a good cup of coffee. And if you add just a tiny bit too much, you cross a threshold and you end up with saltwater coffee. <laughs> yes. Which is as disgusting as it sounds. I threw, I had to throw out two cups worth because I put in too much salt. That's a real bummer because you use like the fancy fills coffee yeah i'm running out of fills (laughs) and are they open right now i don't know i think you can still go in to buy to buy bags of coffee but i don't know for sure and i don't know that i'll be going back even if you can what i would like to do is well so basically if i had to put together a short-term plan for how i'm going to approach coffee in the coming weeks it would be to buy a Chemex, which hopefully comes with a bunch of filters. Then I would buy probably a blade grinder because I don't have the money to shell out for a proper burr grinder. And I would start buying roasted beans at like Whole Foods or something. Give me hot shot burr and arrows and I'll be on. Yeah, but I kind of want to explore the artisanal side of coffee in a sense. At least, at least until I have, you know, enough thousands of dollars to buy a really high quality conical burr grinder and a roaster and a top notch espresso machine and whatnot. But that's many years away. That's like, I've already bought a house and started to raise a family years away. technical difficulties this had to be ended a bit prematurely Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this little tidbit and we will try to be back with more high quality and hopefully some more face-to-face content in the coming weeks as the coronavirus stuff starts to ramp down a little tiny bit and we adjust our recording schedule Uh, but this one should come out on time hopefully it'll come out on time it is uh, we're recording this right on the cusp of mother's day which which puts the editor in a bit of a rough spot but Again, hopefully we can get this on time, and the hope is that in the future episodes coming up, the audio quality will be higher. We'll have prepared a bit more, and we'll kind of get back into the the steamroll that we were on before all this happened. With that said, I hope you enjoyed. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye.